Danny Danko come to show you how it goes. You're now tuned in to Free Weed from Danny Danko on High Times Radio, presented by High Times Magazine. Boom, bang! How? How are you? <laughs> Welcome to episode 103 of High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. I mean, we were rehearsing the intro <laughs> over and over again. I thought it I thought it went well. I can't believe you blew that. Well, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. Mm-hmm. And this is episode 103. Yes, episode 103. Mm-hmm. Welcome to uh, the listeners and everybody out there. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. Um, we actually, we got some... Some interesting news this week to report. That's right. And it's actually, like, if you just see it as a headline, you're like, well, yeah, of course. But uh, High Times buys dope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all been buying dope for years, right? if you want to call it that. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. But then but, uh, it turns out dope. We bought Dope Magazine. That's right. Yeah. Defending our plant everywhere and our people everywhere. And uh Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Seattle-based Dope Magazine. I've uh, been uh, out there for some dope parties during the Seattle Hemp Fest. It's been a blast. And we got to meet David Tran and the crew uh, of Dope. And it's exciting to uh, have them on board, the High Times team. It's it's uh, it's rad. Yeah. The team is growing. We have Green Rush Daily. We have Dope. We have uh, uh, Culture. Culture Magazine as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be, you know... The future of cannabis media is in our hands, and I think uh, it's very exciting to see. Uh, they also do the Dope Cup, which is rad because, uh, you know, getting back into the Pacific Northwest with the cannabis cups and all that. Yeah, um, it's really exciting. And with help from people who already know what know they're doing. Know the area. Yeah, yeah, know the area and know what they're doing. Because we at one point, had we did a cup in Seattle and in Washington. Yeah, two, and, two yeah. maybe even three. I think it's three. A, I think two it's hard in to Seattle, and then one um, in uh, maybe Spokane or somewhere. Um, yeah, outside of or Mucka Mucka Lika. Do you remember that <laughs> Mucka? Not Pakalika. Mucka Lucka Lucka. Rest in peace. Yeah, uh, Mackinac. I don't know. It was. <laughs> I do remember Multnomah. I don't know. I do remember we did uh, we did something. Now that we've made fun of uh, the greater <laughs> Seattle area, it's We're really be cool editing to be. That out, oh. Right? Are we? I would hope. Okay. Yeah. And this is just the intro, or this is like, are we? Are we? Yeah, this is the intro to the <laughs> to the show. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. And then when we do the real show, <laughs> we'll, we'll do it right. Yeah, but we're really excited uh, to bring dope into the fold. Yes. And um, so that's exciting. And yeah. again, as we've mentioned uh, previously, if you're interested in also being a part of this whole journey that that we're on and going through, you could uh, invest in High Times. So that's uh, HighTimesInvestor.com. Yes. Marijuana media. Yes. We're like, uh, we're, we are not, but uh, we seem to work for media moguls, wouldn't right. you say? That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Well, anyway. So here's what I was thinking. Um, I would say generally the two of us, y- you know, we follow intellectual pursuits I mean, you're you're an author, for goodness sakes, <laughs> and I, I'm a frequent uh, NPR listener. So, <laughs> so you know, we're we're lofty in what we like to talk about on this show. But every now and again, mm-hmm. all you really want to do is just talk about celebrities. You know, <laughs> we want to follow our sort of a uh, baser instincts. So, I was thinking maybe today because there's been a lot of celebrity pot news, maybe we would just uh, do a little little celebrity goss. Yeah. 
Let's do it. You Let's like dish. It? Let's, Let's dish. dish. Let's dish. Kristen Bell. Are you familiar with Kristen Bell? I am. Yeah, I am. Uh, from uh, she was in Frozen. She was in Frozen. Yeah. Well, her voice. Well, she was. sang. Yeah, and and spoke. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Good Place, which is a is a good show, Absolutely. I would say. And yes, and very talented. Other things. Yeah. Well, she was on uh, Mark Maron's podcast, which I believe you're a fan of or had been a fan of. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and she revealed that she loves weed. Yeah. She hits the vape pen and everything. You know, it's funny because I listened to the episode and I, I recalled because she was in Reefer Madness here in New York. Oh, the, the musical. The musical. Yeah. It was one of her earlier uh, things that she did. And we're talking like a decade plus ago. And I went to it. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so – I was there. I mean, I saw her perform that show, and not knowing, you know, that that was Kristen Bell of future fame and all that. Like she was, you know, this was like an off-Broadway musical mm-hmm. of Reefer Madness, which was very entertaining, and she was amazing in it. Uh, but I, you know, had no idea what kind of career she had ahead of her uh, in, you know, legit, legit stuff, not like the the, the, the weed. <laughs> <laughs> You know, some Not some alley some alleyway theater. Yeah, some yeah. alleyway in the West Village. You know, like <laughs> this. <laughs> she made it to Hollywood. She's in the big time now. You know what I mean? And and yeah. and it's pretty rad. And she talked about Jack, Dax Shepard, who is sober. That's her uh, husband. Her husband Dax. Yeah. Um, now, Shepherd. where do you weigh in on this? Because she's talking about just smoking in front of her husband, who, like you mentioned, he's sober fourteen years, yeah. can't partake. Yeah, and he and she, he has no problem. He has with no it. problem with great. it. Yeah, but do you t- have a problem with it? No, of course not. Okay, it's perfectly fine. If, if as long as he's okay with it, I mean, if 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 he had an issue with it, then obviously there'd be there'd be a problem. But well, maybe you're married to Kristen Bell. He, and you don't say <laughs> you have a problem with it. Well, you, you just know what he go tweeted. With the flow. He tweeted that like ha- him having a problem with it would be like, uh, you know, a diabetic not letting their spouse eat ice cream in front of them or something. It just didn't make sense. It's like, why, if you, if, if you can handle it and you enjoy it, enjoy it and handle it, you know, do, do your thing. You know, I recently stopped drinking alcohol, but I'll go to a bar, I'll go to a party. I mean, you can't not do that. You know what I mean? Like you just have a You gotta let soda. people live their lives. Yeah. And like, I can still enjoy the, enjoy it and have fun in fact it's actually more fun now to be honest this is like the secret uh that i'm gonna reveal because if you're like high on edibles and weed uh you know smoking it and vaping it and eating it and all that you actually have a way better time than if you're drunk it's unbelievable i wish i knew this sooner (laughs) would have saved you a lot of time (laughs) it really 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 would have it would have saved me a lot of time it would have saved me a lot of health issues and it would have uh yeah it's yeah i'm not gonna get preachy about it but it it is an eye-opener uh and it's you know it was yeah well it's a con it's like uh alcohol is a con weed is weed is a cure (laughs) weed is a cure and Kristen bell uh, loves weed, says weed rules. I love it. And uh, she, she she's also a parent, wrote that, you know. Yeah, that, she's and, a parent. And, and, and yeah. But she, she may not be done with weed. She wants to try a bunch of other stuff, uh, including ecstasy and cocaine uh, before <laughs> she dies. All right, slow and down. she says, no, no, she says that her husband backs her on that too. And he. He wants to have everyone over, she says, uh, for to get an overnight babysitter that we trust, put all the kids together, then come to our house, check your keys, and have one of his buddies there and give everyone really good ecstasy and then have <laughs> everyone uh, braid each other's hair or something. Okay. So, right. yeah, she's like – she's all in on, on okay. different drug experiences. Right. Well, I'll be expecting an invite uh, <laughs> to the party. 
Kristen. So waiting by remember, the you know, I was a fan long, long before all these bandwagon people. I was there for Reefer Madness. Yeah, you braid a, a, you were, a mean head of hair. So yeah, yeah. So that's Kristen Bell, and um, and and good stuff too, because uh, we're fans. <laughs> so let's move on, actually, to another to another uh, person that we're fans of, and and friend of the show. I would say Pete Davidson yeah. is in the news. Awesome, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pete is a uh, very funny person from Staten Island, which we won't hold against him. That's the weirdest introduction <laughs> for Pete Davidson I've ever heard. He's also uh, yeah, he's always SL, he's always shitting SNL. on Staten Island. That's yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like one of his kind of recurring themes of his humor. So I just thought I'd uh, throw that in there. It's fair, but but we should mention he's a Saturday Night Live uh, cast member. He is, he is, and, and a uh, and a cannabis user, cannabis uh, user, and a Crohn's. You know, he uses it for medical reasons. I have a video that we shot with him uh, for High Times. And uh, yeah, we spend a whole day hanging out with him. Uh, so you you had the scoop actually because the stuff you revealed on Howard Stern basically talked a little bit about that. Uh, that he he says he um, I have Crohn's disease and uh, pot helps me more than you can imagine. There was a point where I couldn't get out of bed due to the pain. I was 110 pounds. I also just love smoking weed. I've been smoking weed every day for eight years. And now we should mention real quick because we've met Pete Davidson. 110 pounds. I mean, this guy, he's uh, he's like 6'5". He's very tall. Uh, it's hard to even imagine him weighing that little. I mean, that's scary. That's actually really scary because he, he's uh, he's a tall guy. Yeah. But the, the point of the interview that he did with Stern was that he, he got off pot. Uh, he went to uh, rehab and, and got sober for months. But now he's smoking again. He basically says he got bored uh, not getting high. And now he's, he's back on the pot... Um, on the pot wagon, right? Well, he was—he had a, a sort of mental uh, illness kind of issue, and he thought that the pot was exacerbating it. And then he came to find out that uh, no, it wasn't, and that uh, you know it had more to do with his brain chemistry than uh, his weed intake. And so he's back to using the weed for the Crohn's, and hopefully, um, you know, stable on everything. And and you know, Saturday Night Live's back on, and. Uh, he has a girlfriend, Ariana Grande, a fiance, a fiance, yeah. yeah, who's also a somewhat popular entertainer, real <laughs> <laughs> up and comer. Yeah, I sense big things in the future. <laughs> Apparently, there's a lot of paparazzi around them as well. So, who doesn't want to be high mm. when they're being hounded by uh, creepy weirdos? Which also mentioned, you know, sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you got to take stock of the situation and say, well, is this affecting me or is it this? So it's cool, you know. He was able to do that, and then kind of uh, realize, well, no, the weed was the weed was fine, you right. know, and and go back to that. So we got one more here. Let's, uh, you know, this rapper Daz Dillinger. I've heard of him. Uh, this is an interesting one. He, um, do you okay? Well, do you know this rapper Kanye West? I've heard of him. Yeah, as well. Well, a couple of months ago, he sort of had a little public meltdown, and okay. uh, he was saying stuff like slavery was a choice and uh, supporting Trump and all of this. Yeah. Do you think he was? trying to sort of entertain people and and uh, maybe just cause a little controversy for a record sale thing or I certainly think that's possible. Right. right. I feel like okay. um, if you're married to a Kardashian then I think, you know, uh, promotion and shameless, you know, uh, shamelessly self-promoting yourself has to be a part of your daily thought process, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, this Daz Dillinger fella, he did not uh, take it as well as you did. Uh, you oh, did. I'm not taking it well. I think Kanye's 
out of his mind. And I think the whole uh, Trump MAGA thing and the whole uh, slavery was a choice thing is is ill advised at best and, sure. and horrible for him and his legacy and his art and and how we view him as a person. Okay, well, Daz Dillinger felt like that, except instead <laughs> of just stating it eloquently, uh, he put a call out to the Crips, Ooh, uh, I believe okay. of which he is a member or uh, affiliated, and uh, and asked them to fuck Kanye up. So Ooh. since that time, Ouch. Uh, the cops have kind of kept an eye on this fellow. This is the same Daz from uh, the Dog Pound from the old uh, Snoop and that whole era? I think it's the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the cops had kept an eye on him. And then just recently, they raided his home in Georgia, and uh, he got booked on 13 felony drug counts. And he had stuff like THC cartridges and oils and um, vaporizers and uh, about 117 grams of weed. So now, you know, he's got this drug uh, case, but it basically came about because of the whole Kanye situation. Wow. I put him on the radar. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. And in a place like Georgia, that's going to be this these charges are crazy i mean it's like distribution chart type charges that's the problem these days is like people have people especially like you know an entertainer is going to have you know what constitutes a you know drug dealer amount of weed on them sometimes just because hey they stock up uh, it's his home you know he's not like traveling if you're traveling you know maybe a quarter or an ounce or whatever is is reasonable but if you're home and you get a a nice deal on you know something like that and you're an entertainer like that you're gonna buy in bulk and these guys have this issue now where you know if they get caught in in states where you know it's the the weight of what you're carrying constitutes uh distribution type levels you're looking at 20 years 25 years to life um really crazy sentences and georgia does not play right it's just crazy it's insane i think threatening you know kanye is far worse than possessing any kind of uh, marijuana. Much as I, you know, much as I'd like to uh, see a, a, a comeuppance <laughs> of some sort for Kanye, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish any kind of violent act upon no, him no. like that. And uh, you know, I, I want peace between the Crips and the Bloods, and of course, and, and the Piru and and the, everyone else. I don't even Dogs want to start. Cats. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, anything that's not like. Whatever, action. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, you know, cats can get a little <laughs> out of hand once in a while with the dogs and the claws, and but you know, you know what I mean. I do. I've seen dogs also, you know, out of line with cats. Sure, yeah. You know, it goes uh, both ways. Yeah, yeah. But there's, honestly, there's, if the cat was the same, if the cat sides. was the same, if the cat, we always have this argument. But if the cat was the same size as the the dog, oh my god, the the cat would win every time. Yeah, you know, I mean. That's ridiculous. Like, that, now that's uh, getting into panther territory. Yeah, panther, lion, whatever you want to call it. Like, mm-hmm. it's a big cat versus sure. a big dog. The big cat the wins. Cat's gonna win. Big dog, little cat. You know, now you gotta, now you gotta fight. Yeah, uh, cat, so, the cat might might not make it. Yeah. So best wishes over to uh, to Daz. We hope that pans out okay for you. Right. And he's from the dog pound. Oh, there you go. So, Full circle. Yeah. All right, well that that's all the hot celebrity goss that we have, um, but we're we're gonna we're gonna teach people how to grow in the next segment, right? Yeah, something useful. <laughs> all right, so stick around for that.
All right, you guys. Obviously, if you're listening to the show, you want to grow. And if you really want to grow, you should get your, your hands on a BC Northern Lights grow box. You can check them out at bcnorthernlights.com. They are a beloved sponsor of the show. They make incredible grow boxes that are solid, built to last, uh, harvest a lot of weed out of. And you can contact them seven days a week at 888-236-1266. Check them out at bcnorthernlights.com. Be sure to tell them that the Free Weed Podcast sent you and Danny Danko sent you from here. And uh, there's special deals that they're offering for our listeners only. So check them out, bcnorthernlights.com. And thank you to them for sponsoring the show. Right, welcome back, and now we're gonna do the cultivation. Yeah, we don't we don't have a interview this week, so we're well, just then, gonna uh, jump right into it. All right, let's interact with listeners. Yeah, well, you know what? Actually, um, longtime listeners of the show might remember, and they may not, uh, but we at one point did a little game called uh, "Take the Cult Out of Cultivation," and the idea here is that there's some stuff that that growers do by rote. You know, it's just because. The growers they learn from did it, and now they do it, but maybe you don't really need to do it. So this is about breaking that cult-like um, thought around growing. Okay? Right. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. The first taking the cult out of cultivation question. You must supplement with CO2 in your indoor garden. Huh. Okay. I don't believe that is true. I would say that uh, as long as you have good air circulation, you really don't need to supplement with CO2. Uh, the type of rooms that definitely do, like big production rooms, obviously, um, completely sealed rooms, you know, rooms where that people enti- seal the entire room completely uh, in which they're growing, those type of rooms do need CO2 supplementation. But if you're using a tent and you're pu- pulling air out and letting air in, um, on a pretty regular basis, you're, you, you have plenty of CO2. Um, you know, all CO2 does really is just increase yield. It doesn't increase uh, resin production. It doesn't increase essential oil production. It's just, you know, bulks up the plant. So I, I'm not a huge, you know, person. You know, if you the best thing you could do actually is you know, spend more time with your plants breathing, you know, cause you're giving off CO2 constantly. Um, or get yourself like a simple, like a CO2 kit, like, a those mushroom kits, uh, CO2 boost or those kind of things. Um, uh, you know, if you're in a tent or like a closet or a grow box, you really don't need a, a, a tank of carbon dioxide, um, to be lugging back and forth, nor do you need a carbon dioxide, uh, emitter, uh, which basically is going to like be like some kind of a heat source that creates you know CO two so uh, and that just creates heat as well you know it's like an open flame in your grow so to me the the simple organic ways of just letting there be enough CO two that that the plant is able to you know process it uh, without uh, you know, overloading the room. When you get up to like 1,500 parts per million to 2,000 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the air, um, you're really saturating the air with that. And, uh, you know, you can raise the heat a little bit if you do that, but uh, I don't think it's necessary. And I, it's not It's not my, my – I don't think it's going to um, result in better pot. All right. Well, let's keep taking the cult out of cultivation with our next statement. 
always stress your plants before harvest. Yeah, this is a weird one too. People love to stress their plants. They think that like the essential oil production is a result of like the plant being stressed and this and that. And I, you know, to me, it's a myth. I, I don't, you know, obviously, yes, you know, the resin's there for a reason. The the essential oil is produced uh, for a reason to protect the plant for you know and to attract certain things and and repel others. But um, as far as freaking out the plant for the last three days or keeping it dark for like four or five days before you harvest, um, yeah, I'm, I don't buy into most of that stuff. I really sometimes people will take a pin and like put a pin through the the main stem of the plant to to freak it out. Uh, to me, it's like I don't want the plant to be freaked out uh, when it dies. You know, I just I just want to harvest. Uh, you know, you don't want to harvest during the peak. Uh, hours of light you want to harvest after the plant has been in the dark for you know a, a good 12 hours that's it that's not bad and if you want to do a day of full darkness that's great too but if you if you're going into like five days of darkness i really think it's unnecessary um and any other kind of stress you're going to put on the plant i don't i don't i don't really buy it i don't agree with it i think the natural stress of reaching maturity and being sort of flushed of nutrients and and approaching ripeness is where you want to be and i don't think you really want to scare the plant into thinking it's about to die all right let's move on to our next one hid lights are imperative for indoor growing another sort of myth that even i sort of have been victim to or you know maybe technology has changed as well i mean i think it's a it's a little bit of both um you know, we always viewed fluorescence as being sort of like the lights that you clone under. Maybe you keep your mother plants alive under, you know, a compact fluorescent or under a bank of lights. You could even veg under them for a little while when the plants are young. It's like, but once you're going to get into like, you know, the real veg stage or like real flowering, you want your high pressure sodium uh, or metal halide, you know, but more more so high pressure sodium light um in order for to to produce buds but we've seen and i've seen obviously uh time and time again how uh fluorescent lighting and leds light emi- light emitting diodes um have advanced to a point where you can grow great flowers um and for you know less electrical usage and way less heat which are both tremendous advantages, uh, particularly for people who are growing in small spaces, um, such as tents or closets and things like that. So um, when you're talking about a 1,000-watt light or a 600-watt light, you're talking about a lot of heat you know, coming off of a, uh, an HID, and you're going to have to deal with all that heat uh, and, and that dryness that that heat creates as well. Uh, with LEDs or with fluorescent lighting, you don't have to deal with that. But just be sure that you get the right ones, the ones that are really meant for growing plants and the right uh, spectrums and all that. And don't just, you know, steal one from, you know, a school or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the way to go. But, uh, you know, and again, there's great LEDs and there's crappy ones. And you would say I would say the same about fluorescence. Uh, do, do your research, but uh, you certainly don't need to stick to just high intensity discharge lighting. And I've probably mentioned it before a bunch of times, but uh, I do see that the uh, um, the ceramic halides are becoming very popular as well. So um, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on, and 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 you know innovations happening in the lighting world. So yeah, did you did you uh, have a story about maybe 
borrowing an HID light from uh, the state of New- uh, the city of New York? <laughs> Uh, you know, I certainly wouldn't, would advise against it, but there was definitely, uh, in the early days, some, some procurement of, uh, of lighting equipment that probably, uh, you know, was ill-advised and, and frowned upon. Did you say it was from the George Washington Bridge? (laughs) Is that, is that a true thing? Uh, that's a story for another day, but yeah, I mean, there were... You know. I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations oh, has, certainly, uh, has certainly lapsed has here. run out, but it's not, you know, certainly not also not something I'm proud of either. But, um, you know, we did what we had to do yeah. in the old days of uh, of trying to get, uh, you know, equipment and get get off the ground and, and get growing. Um, when it's not like for the kids today. Resources you were just, scarce. Yeah, you couldn't just hop on Amazon and get some <laughs> HIDs shipped yeah, over to you. So, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about the days when there were very few grow shops even that you could go to. This was in like the early 40s, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's keep taking the cult out of cultivation. Here's yes. our next statement. All right. Never grow autoflowering plants if you want to get high. <laughs> Um, you'll hear this one on the forums and stuff. There's always a lot of poo-pooing, but there's a place for autoflowering plants. Uh, and again, uh, there's a lot of advancements happening with the genetics. So you're getting plants that are autoflowering that produce uh, high CBD, uh, which is particularly great for people that are you know trying to grow high CBD plants quickly, uh, in in especially in in harsh conditions. I mean, autoflowering plants. If you're in high altitudes or if you are in places, um, you know, just further away from the equator uh, where the seasons are very short, autoflowering plants are amazing for those places. And at the same time, uh, if you just want a shorter season, you want to grow two harvests in one summer, uh, autoflowering plants, you plant, you know, walk away, come back 75 to 90 days later and harvest. Uh ease of use is incredible. If you're going to turn that stuff into hash, I mean, look, it's going to be potent. You're concentrating it. It's concentrated. So um, there's a lot of great uses for autoflowering plants and uh, a lot of improvements being made to autoflowering genetics. I would say like Dynafem uh, is at the forefront of that as far as seed companies go. Uh, and but there, But, you know, obviously there's a lot of others out there as well. Uh, so you know, there's a place for everything uh, in cannabis, but I certainly wouldn't want to see everyone growing only autoflowering plants. But uh, they have their their role to play in our world. All right, we got one more uh, statement for taking the cult out of cultivation. You must use a rooting hormone when cloning. Huh. This is an interesting one. I mean, obviously, you're going to have more success if you use rooting hormone uh, powder or gels. Uh, but plants will root in just a glass of water. Uh, you see this all the time uh, with people just, you know, taking a piece of a, a house plant and just putting it in a glass of water on a windowsill, and eventually the roots pop out. So you don't absolutely have to have the rooting hormone but it helps obviously it's it's fungicidal so it keeps fungus from attacking that wet uh you know the moist end that's uh vulnerable at that time because it's cut open uh and exposed 
So, uh, but the key is as long as that end stays, you know, moist, gets some oxygen, you know, uh, it's important that it breathes uh, some air and, uh, you know, eventually roots will pop out and that will become a duplicate plant, a clone. Uh, and once it's rooted, you're ready to put it into a, a grow medium and, and plant it. Uh, you're obviously, if you're growing trays and trays of clones or if you're, ta- you know, if it's imperative that you, you know, that your clone roots uh, and you get a high percentage of rooted clones in a in a short period of time. You're going to want the uh, you know the rooting hormone with the fungicidal uh, gel or or powder. But if you you know you you, you don't have to use it. You you can go straight into rock wool with a cut end um, and root plants without uh, hormone. All right. Well, thank you for taking the cult out of cultivation. Uh, those were five subjects where Dan encourages you to think for yourself, not just follow along with the crowd. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Just last week, we put the cult into cultivation when we were talking about Ed's theory about drying and curing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He basically is anti-glass jar uh, these days, which is, you know, certainly interesting and something worthy of discussion. Uh and again, I think uh, it really has to do with when you when you decide to put your plants into the glass jars and, and why you put them in there to begin with, um, what the process is that happens in there, uh, which is different than something that happens in a paper bag or any other, you know, bin or container. So, you know, there you have it. There you have Cult, it. Cultivation. Indeed. All right. So what do you say we move on uh, to answering some listener grow questions? Yes, that's perfect. All right. As always, if you have a question that you would like us to answer on this show, you could reach us by email. Uh, that would be freeweed at hightimes.com. You could also get us on Twitter. Uh, he is at Danny Danko. I am at Mike G underscore HT. And let's get started with our first email from Abraham, who writes, Hola, Senior Danko. I have a couple questions. The first is, I have multiple strains growing, and I'm yielding between one and four ounces a plant. I want to make uh, ice hash, but I'm unsure if mixing them into one run would be bad. Should I do separate extraction for each strain, or is it okay to just mix them all into one? Uh, You know, I would say it's a matter of personal preference. Uh, I prefer each individual kind of flavor uh, on its own. And if you're getting an ounce to four ounces from each plant, you should be able to get a decent amount of uh, of hash from from the trim that you use, uh, as long as it's like you know mostly sugar leaf and not a lot of fan leaf. Um, I, yeah, I'd keep it separate personally, just because I, I just you know that's my preference. But if you want one big ball of of hash that's uh, you know that's gonna get you nice and blazed and taste great. Uh, then you can mix it all together too and have it all all at once. I mean, uh, it's really a matter of personal preference. But uh, you know, for me, I like to keep it separate. In fact, even from one plant, uh, uh, I like to do different bags of uh, you know the seventy-two and the the one ten. There's different size micron uh, bags, and different strains have different size gland heads, which is really what you're trying to capture when you're making ice hash. So. Um, not only can you get different uh, qualities and, and smells of hash from the different plants, which is, uh, is quite obvious, you can actually get different qualities from the same plant um, just because you get more gland heads and less stalks and plant material um, 
through the various sizes of micron that you use when you're making ice water hash. Yeah, see, I, that's probably why I should not make ice water hash because I'd do it all in one, just <laughs> one big old ball of hash. Ed, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And you do get a great ball of hash, and a lot of times it's it's a melty, amazing thing. I mean, it's going to get key, you high. Yeah, it's definitely going to get you high. And the key really is getting the moisture out of it once you get it out of the, you know, the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's moisture there, and the clock is ticking. Uh, the quicker you get that moisture out, the better that hash is going to be. And, you know, I, having smoked a lot of moldy hash over the years, um, you know, it's much – it's far better uh, either way, whether it's separated or not. When, when it's when it's removed – when the water is removed properly, it's uh, it's a far better product. Yeah. You shouldn't do that though. Don't, don't smoke the moldy hash. Don't smoke the moldy hash and don't mold the smoky hash. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Thanks, Abraham. We hope that <laughs> – helped uh let's move on to doug he's got a bunch of questions we're going to answer one of them and uh, i have no idea what this means so this is entirely on you here Uh, (laughs) do you know of anyone messing with sunset and rise by cutting lights off in a sequence um yeah what i think he's talking about is uh sort of the gradual uh lighting system where instead of uh you know sort of shocking the plants with like immediate brightness or immediate darkness um, you sort of gradually bring the lights on and gradually bring them off to to more accurately mimic uh, what's happening outdoors. Um, and I think you know one of the things he mentions in there is about like shocking the plants with on and off, um, which can cause them to hermaphrodite. But the the reason it causes that is when it's off schedule. If it's on schedule, it's really not a big deal. And I you know I'm of the opinion to just to do whatever's easiest, which is just the twelve twelve. Uh, if you have the means by which to do that, like, uh, you know, uh, lighting controllers that already, you know, are dimmable and can come on and off that way, I don't think it's a bad idea. It's not going to hurt anything. It certainly cl- more closely mimics what happens in nature, uh, which is that the light does gradually come on. And most HIDs do take, you know, a good 30 seconds to a minute before they're at uh you know, top light anyway. But if you want to extend that to like a half an hour type process, more natural, you could do that with, you know, the Gavita controllers and a lot of the computerized ones. And I don't, I, 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 honestly, if I had a big room, I would do it that way if I had the ability to do it easily. Uh, but I wasn't, I wouldn't go in there every day and dim them on and off by hand or anything like that. I don't think it's that important of an issue. And I think, you know, for someone with a grow tent indoors in one light, um, 12, 12 on, 12 off is the way to go. It's the simplest way to set the timer and, and know that you're going to be flowering. And, and if you're in veg, you know, obviously 18 or 20 on uh, and 6 or 4 off. Uh, but in flowering, 12, 12. Or as DJ Short does, <laughs> 11, 13. But that's more complicated. So yeah. the simple thing is just to do the 12, 12 and, and for flowering and, and the longer version for, for veg and let the lights come on and off as they do. All right. Uh, thank you, Doug. We hope that helps out a little bit. And let's move on to uh, Louise, who writes, Hi, guys. I love the podcast. I just started growing, and I'm wondering if you could give me some tips on stress training and what methods work good. I think you meant to say uh, work well. <laughs> oh, wow. Grammar, the grammar police are here. Tell just them what to, works good. Yeah, well, You need a, a copy editor to come here and uh, – <laughs> with these questions. But uh, yeah, so uh, stress training uh, or low stress training, LST is what they call it uh, out there in the 
you know, grow circles or whatever. Uh, but it basically just means uh, any kind of way that you can get that main branch bent so that the other branches all become sort of main branches because, um, you know, the way that cannabis grows, it has that one stalk up the middle that is the main branch, uh, like a Christmas tree. And if you want it to bush out, you need to uh, basically get the top of the Christmas tree, that that, that main branch, lower than the lower branches. Um, one easy way to do that is topping. Uh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it because, you know, you're losing – that main branch, which can be quite a producer, even once it's it's topped. I'm not topped, but lowered. So, uh, you know, people use uh, sinkers like you'd use for fishing, where you just tie you know tie a sinker on when it's a young plant and and pull that top down. Uh, anything you can do to bend the top lower than a lower branch will immediately make those lower branches start to bush out, and you'll get a bushy plant instead of a Christmas tree shaped plant. Uh, and so, uh, really just taking a piece of string and connecting it to the pot and pulling that branch down, uh, gently, you know, you want it to bend and not break. Uh, but if you can bend that top branch, um, the auxins, you know, the, the messages that are sent, you know, by the plant immediately send, send a message to those other branches to become tops and they sort of all take, all assume that role and you get a larger yield and you can take advantage of that with low stress training. Um, I like basically just taking that top branch and, and tying it down and you can do this with other branches too. And anything you do, uh, of that nature during the vegetative stage is going to result in a bigger yield later. Uh, because it's going to, the plant fills out areas that aren't empty. So that's low stress training. Uh, you know, uh, bend that top branch lower than any lower branch and you'll immediately see that the other branches become tops. All right. Very cool. Uh, thank you, Luis. We, uh, hope that, uh, helped good. Uh, let's move on. To... <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Yeah. The, the no, snark is real. It was uncalled for. Let's move on to Travis. Uh, Travis writes, Hey, Danny and Mike. I uh, love the show. My question is regarding caterpillars. Um, I learned the hard way during my first real growing season last year after losing about half of my product to caterpillars and the subsequent bud rot where they had been munching slash pooping. Uh, this year, I've been spraying BT, which is an organic product that you are supposed to be able to spray on your veggies up until the day of harvest. I just finished listening to episode 90, where you're talking about pesticides and how during combustion of the flowers, the pesticides can turn into neurotoxins. Have you seen any research on BT and its effects on uh, smoking cannabis? Hmm. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, BT, uh, Bacillus thuringiensis, uh, it's a bacterial dust um, that you, you people use. Uh, and, you know, again... You're talking about a very different thing when you're talking about ornamental plants and you're talking about consumable plants like apples and oranges, uh, you know, that have skins that are typically washed and all of that to something where you're just drying it and, and, and smoking it or vaporizing it, consuming it directly like that. Uh, it's a whole different thing when you're, you're dealing with bacteria on that level. Um, so, you know, I obviously, you know, people use BT, uh, uh, Spinosad is, uh, I think, like one of the uh, product names out there. Uh, but, but 
you know, if you if you want to avoid do, using BT uh, for any reason, which I would recommend because, hey, it's bacterial dust. You never know, um, you know, what's going to happen when you're consuming that uh, by, you know, heating it and activating it or concentrating it. Uh, praying mantises are a great thing. Uh, they will eat a lot of bugs. Uh, so they're great um, outdoors, particularly indoors as well. Uh, another thing outdoors, chickens, you know, people don't think about it, but they're, you know, they're constantly eating caterpillars uh, and bugs that would normally be tormenting your plants. So chickens are a great addition uh, to an outdoor garden. Um, they're they're not going to really destroy anything of any kind of value. You know, they just sort of scratch around uh, eating bugs. Um, so chickens are great and praying mantises. And they're delicious. They're delicious. And the other thing is there's, you know, any kind of bugs that you add – Aside from praying mantises, these smaller, um, you know, predators and things, they they end up concentrated as well. Obviously, if they're still around when you harvest. So, uh, but something like a, a, a praying mantis or a chicken, you know, you're not going to end up inadvertently harvesting that. They're too big for uh, for that. You know, to end up stuck to your buds. They're you know they're gone by the time you harvest. So, I you know I would go with the with that over you know using BT personally. Uh, but again, you know, I'm not dealing with a huge outdoor caterpillar issue and having to come up with a solution. But BT is certainly a better solution than uh, any sort of inorganic method. Uh, but, of course, uh, you know, predators are even better. <laughs> it's funny to think of a chicken as a predator because <laughs> <laughs> we don't normally think of them that way. But if you are a caterpillar uh and they are your predator. And uh, so that's the way to go with that. All right. Thank you, Travis. And uh, best of luck with the caterpillar problem. Uh, We're just about out of time, but I wanted to read this uh, last email from Tim. And he writes, I wanted to drop a quick note and say thanks to you and uh, Mike for the Mel Frank interview on the latest podcast. I actually have a copy of his and Ed's book that I inherited after my father passed in 2004. I've read his name dozens of times, and his story helped add a character and a person behind the name. So thanks again uh, for the interview and all of the content from the podcast. I'm glad to have you all back after a multi-year hiatus. <laughs> wow. That's and, a and he, he enclosed a photo of, the, of Ed and uh, Mel's book. That's great. That it's just so really nice to hear. And, you know, that story is just multiplied, um, you know, by the thousands with every uh, book that's out there like that that gets people growing and it's just really nice to hear uh, especially as someone who recently put out a book not to segue to my own uh, you know book or whatever but like just... I was wondering when that was going to come <laughs> up and it took a little while this time but oh, bang you got it well, you it's out it there it's on seamless. Amazon it's a beginner grow book it's a wonderful companion to the podcast uh, give me an Amazon book review if it helps or if you love uh, you know reading it and all that but but it is really nice to hear stories like that. And, uh, you know, obviously him as a grower for 50 years and as an author for far longer than, you know, than me or, or you know, pretty much anyone in the cannabis cultivation game. It's got to be uh, very gratifying and, and nice to uh, I actually forwarded that email to Mel Frank as well. Uh, and he sent back a very nice reply and, he, you know, he's quite moved. So and uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank Pretty, you, Tim. Thank um, you. We appreciate the feedback there. And uh, if you have a question or, you know, just something you'd like uh, to say on the show, you could reach us 
Email, it's freeweed at hightimes.com. Twitter is at Danny Danko and at Mike G underscore HT. Uh, what do you say we take a little break and then come back and wrap it up? Let's do it. All right, so this is the wrap for episode number 103, where we wrap it up with Raw. Thank you to my co-host, Mike G., the editor-in-chief of High Times Magazine. Uh, thank you to Jacques and Winstrong. Um, thank you to everyone who sent in questions. Uh, thank you to Luis. Yeah, sorry, Luis. Never mind, I, Mike. I got up on the wrong side of the bed today. <laughs> and was, The grammar you know, police sorry. over here. No. Yeah. No, thank you to you guys for writing. Um, yeah. Thanks to you know everyone out there, the listeners, um, the sponsors, BC Northern Lights, who are super rad. And uh, yeah. And also, um, as always, HighTimesInvestor.com. Yeah. Um, what is it? HighTimes.tv? TV.HighTimes.com. TV.HighTimes.com. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There you have it. Episode number 103. Put it in the books. 